Hello and welcome to the Mastin Kip Podcast. I'm your host, Mastin Kip, and I am the creator of Functional Life Coaching, where we discover the root cause emotional blocks that are holding you back from success. And I'm also the creator of Trauma Hacking, helping you turning your nervous system into your ally, and the best-selling author of the book, Claim Your Power, and also a trauma survivor advocate. And this podcast is from my heart to yours. I'm going to share with you all kinds of different things, uh, different coaching uh, experiences that I've had with people, um, different parts of my life, maybe an excerpt from a seminar, different interviews with friends and thought leaders, all about how to get unstuck, how to hack your nervous system, how to turn your nervous system into your ally and really get the edge so that you can really live your dreams, uh, live your purpose, and most importantly, pay it forward. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter, helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at mastinkip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time, uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that and my team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mass and Kip podcast. Let's get started. The only difference between people who are unsure where to start, who aren't making the money they desire, and who never have enough time versus those who have true financial freedom Big profits and abundance is just one simple thing. What do you think it is? It's one simple thing. No. This is not claim your power. (laughs) Different seminar. (laughs) Could you be consistent and not have abundance? What do you think? What are you consistent with? This is going to be so simple, guys. Hopefully, it's going to blow your mind and consistently keep doing that for the next couple of days. People with financial freedom know how to make a lot of money from a small number of people. Every business has a small number of people that generate the majority of their profits. And it could be something like me, who has a couple hundred people bringing in multi-seven figures a year. Or it could be something like Steve Wynn. Now, how many people go to Vegas every year? What do you guys think? It's millions of people. Steve Wynn and Wynn Hotels makes billions off of a core group of 55,000 players. And in that scale, that's not that many people. What if you could replace your income with 10 people? You probably have more than 10 people on Facebook right now, just as your friends. Is it true? No? You have less than 10 friends on Facebook? Who here has more than 10 friends on Facebook? What if you could replace your income every year with that many people or less? Who would want to know how to do that? That's what you're going to learn. And it's really what? Simple. It's so freaking simple. You'd be like, what? But it's keeping it unique, keeping it going, keeping it consistent. That's the name of the game. And when I say something like this, here's what people start to think. They think all kinds of stuff. Okay, Mastin, but how? You're going to get to the how. So don't worry about the how. If you worry about the how, put it out in the courtyard at the bar. Okay? Put the how out there. We'll get there. Okay? 
Or they'll be like, I don't really know where to start. I can't tell where to start. I'm not entirely sure. Or they'll say, I don't feel like I can clearly see how to make money doing this. Does anyone feel that way? Like, I can't clearly see it yet. Is that okay? Let me see by show of hands. So I know that you're going to be thinking that because you already are. You can't see that clearly. So I'm going to ask you a question for the next, right now. I want you to write it down, okay? What is your intention for the next four days? What's your intention? Is your intention to just be kind of a little curious about this stuff and poke around? Is your intention to completely change your life? Is your intention to hide and poke holes in things? Is your intention to ask people how you could be of service and be curious? Is your intention to serve your family at a greater level? Is your intention to learn how to make more money in an authentic way? Is your intention to learn, to share? Really be honest about what your intention is because here's the thing. You're going to find whatever you're looking for. Seek and ye shall what? That's right. That's not just spirituality. The reticular activating system inside the brain, right? When you have a new car and magically you realize how many other people have that car. That's your reticular activating system. So what you look for while you're here is what you'll find. Are you looking for ways to grow or are you looking for reasons why it's not true? Are you looking for ways where you could expand yourself and serve or are you looking for ways to shut down? Are you looking and curious for how things could be possible or are you trying to prove everything wrong? This shit works, but if you look for reasons why it doesn't, you will find them. And people are so creative in ways to find things that don't work. It's amazing to me. You will talk yourself out of it before you even know. So my question is, what's your intention? And really ask yourself that question because setting an intention is not just a woo-woo practice. It frames how you view the next four days. It's the lens through which you're going to look. So if your intention is to kind of kick the tires, you'll have a kick the tires experience. If your intention is to soak up every single moment and learn everything you can and actually take in what I'm saying versus writing it down and remembering that your subconscious mind will retain most of the information anyway and you'll remember it exactly when you need to, You'll enjoy it. Otherwise, your hand will be fucking hurt because I talk fast. Okay. Whether you know it or not, tech is causing the world to speed up. Who here intuitively feels this? Who here intrinsically knows this? Now, the question is how fast? Here's the problem. Technology speeding up the way that it is, it's completely taxing your nervous system. And it hasn't even gotten started yet. Think about it. Think about anyone here who has children. I have a three-year-old niece. She's growing up in such a different world than my grandmother grew up in. Vastly different. If I think about three generations back from my grandmother, the world was different, but not that different. Who follows? Does this make sense? We are speeding up in an exponential way. What does exponential mean? That's the one thing from, what is it, calculus or algebra that you had to remember. What's exponential? Is it just linear, like where it's just like the same progression? What is it? It's actually no change, and then there's an inflection point, and what happens? It's like a hockey stick, and we're at the very bottom part of that hockey stick right now. So you think things are changing, you ain't seen nothing yet. And here's the thing, if you don't know this, you're going to not realize how much it's taxing your nervous system. And what's true is we're feeling total information overload today. Who feels this way? Let me see if I show hands. And we haven't even gotten started yet. And I don't know about you, but do you think we can tell that we live in the age of digital fatigue? Like, oh my God, another thing. Another email, another text, another this, another that. Who here feels that way? 
all day long. So this was prophesied, not really prophesied, it's the wrong word. This was theorized back in 1964. Professor Bertram Gross says, information overload occurs when the amount of input to a system exceeds its processing capacity. Now, don't read anything else. I'm going to go back so you don't read it, okay? (laughs) Who here feels like the amount of information that's coming in to your life and to your nervous system is starting to exceed its capacity? Let me see if I show hands. So, decision makers have fairly limited cognitive processing capacity. Consequently, when information overload occurs, it's likely that a reduction in decision quality will occur. Here's what this means. You're stupider than you were. (sighs) How could you possibly say that to me, Mass? And I'm offended. That would be a stupid thing to do. (laughs) Because here's the thing. Every time something hits you, you have to make a decision. You wonder why why I wear the same damn shit? No, today is different. I'm wearing long pants today. (laughs) And shoes. (laughs) And socks. But usually, it's just black shorts, black t-shirts, and sandals. You wonder why? Because it's what I'm most comfortable teaching in. I would not go to a business seminar on day one in sandals and a t-shirt and shorts. Because it's not a good look. (laughs) Okay? But it's how I prefer. And this is as comfortable. I could be out here in a suit and stuff like that. It's just not comfortable for me. And the thing is, I have pretty much the same shirt. I have a crew neck or a V-neck. That's what you'll see me in. So that's my decision, crew or V. And really, crew is after the Vs are run out, basically. So I ran out of Vs the last seven days. (laughs) So now I'm in a crew, right? And that might seem like no big deal, but I want to limit the amount of decisions I make on a daily basis. Because every decision I make taxes my brain. And if my brain gets taxed, I'm not creative. I can't be there for my girl. I can't be there for you. I can't be there for the people that I care about, and I won't enjoy the free time that I have if I have information overload, which means you need better boundaries with technology. No? Yeah. You're letting technology be your new (laughs) ex-boyfriend. You needed better boundaries with him too, probably. Is it true? (laughs) Is it true or no? Am I just talking to... For sure, or ex-girlfriend, right? I definitely needed better boundaries than my ex-girlfriend, for sure, right? And so we have to realize this because not we can leverage technology, but if we let technology dominate us, we'll miss it. And the other thing is, this will cause so much stress to the human nervous system, people are going to be finding answers. And here's the other thing. Who here feels like, like with Jeff Bezos, he just hit like $100 billion in net worth with a, pro- a company that's not very profitable, which is ironic. But what's interesting is, who here feels like that's a significant amount of net worth and that these internet companies are expanding and their worth is just becoming crazy? Like Bitcoin's at 12,000. Who here feels like this is, these are crazy numbers? Guys, we still have two-thirds of the plant that's not online. We ain't seen nothing yet. And everybody will be liking, how do I find a date? How do I get divorced? How do I lose weight? How do I get out of this being stuck thing? And... Think about how abundant people are with, like, just a part of the planet online. I travel to Bali a lot. And, like, you know, Bali is a third world country. Well, it's not a country. Bali is in Indonesia, which is a third world country. And, you know, like, I went there. And the first time I went there, uh, our driver, Agoon, was like, how you bring so many people? Like, he couldn't fathom all the retreats that we were doing. He's like, you, are you, are you popular? How you, how you do? And I said, well, have you ever heard of Oprah? He goes, what is Oprah? <laughs> I'm like, 
the one person on the planet who doesn't know. Nice to meet you. <laughs> but they didn't have access to technology. They were just sort of cut off. They had like little cell phones. I went back, like, gosh, last year, this dude has like three iPhones. They're like, the teenagers are like downloading Star Wars illegally and watching it and shit. As long as, however you watch Star Wars is fine. Not watching Star Wars is worse than downloading it illegally to watch it, as far as I'm concerned. Except for the first prequels. Those are, those are not Star Wars films. That was George Lucas's narcissism. <laughs> okay? But the, I, I digress. Okay? <laughs> but the point is, is within a year, he went from, like, literally not knowing who Oprah was, like, the, the kids having access to, like, all the Western information and technology in one year. Think about that. So... We have a whole world that's coming online, and when they come online, they're going to be more abundant because the marketplace is global now, not just in their village. And that's a good news. An abundant Africa and abundant third world countries that weren't abundant and now they are because of the internet, they're looking for love. They're looking for weight loss. They're looking for all kinds of the things that you have to offer. So if you think there's too many coaches, you are so fucking wrong. There's not enough. Look at the world. If there were too many coaches, the world wouldn't be where it is today. That's just insecurity speaking. Who follows? Does this make sense? So this is how it looks. That's where we are right there. What's about to happen? That. You're in the middle of it right now. Do you want to know why there's so much economic insecurity in the world? has nothing to do with politics. You want to know why? Technology is moving so fast that the jobs that people are learning how to do right now in college will be obsolete by the time they graduate. Things are changing so fast that we can't learn skills fast enough to have a steady income. The idea of a picket fence, one job for life, maybe if you're an entrepreneur. <laughs> but not at a job or a business anymore. You can't keep up with that. You can't. You can't even try. You can't even keep up with your Facebook feed. <laughs> Think about it. And you're there. What about up there? That's in only a couple years. It's going to go so fast, you guys. And here's the thing. The faster it goes with technology, the more human beings we need. The connection, the love, the empathy, the compassion, the soft skills are what are important today. So the pace of life is, is getting faster. And here are the causes of information overload, all right? There are huge volumes of new information consistently being created. Who here feels like there's so much shit coming at you, you can't even figure it out? It's just like, <laughs> hold on a second. Do you, is email marketing dead? For people who don't add value, it is. Are there emails you still open? From who? I was actually not fishing for that answer, but that's a great answer. <laughs> what I was thinking is, like, do you open emails from people you care about? That's right. So if you care about people, people open your emails. It's not email marketing is dead. Email marketing is dead for people who want a quick fix. If you have a relationship with people, they'll open a text message, messenger, email. Now some are, there's not as much information in certain areas, as there are other areas, like your inbox is what your mailbox used to look like. <laughs> is it true? Remember mailbox, there's all this stuff. 
right? That's kind of what your inbox is like now. What's ironic is the mailbox is now the inbox. Meaning, if you're in direct mail now, awesome. Especially for millennials, they like mail? I fucking mail? This is unbelievable. They can't believe it. I have a physical mail. Oh my God, this is amazing, right? Could you imagine feeling that way about mail? But millennials do. Think about that. So just because some internet marketer found a hook to tell you that something is dead, they're just trying to get you to buy shit. Relationships will never die. How you communicate with them will change. But you've got to focus on relationships. And so don't let new information being consistently created stop you. If you're creating valuable information and you care about people, you'll cut right through the noise. Who follows? Make sense? Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, we'd very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we'd very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.